Welcome to Box to Box Football. Now, welcome, 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 Box to Box Football. We're back after some midweek cup action uh, uh, across Europe. Uh, Three-man weave tonight, Kyle, and we've got Stu and Mike with us as well. Uh, we'll break down the, the Carabao Cup uh, first-leg semifinal matches uh, for, from England. Uh, in Spain, Real Madrid and Barcelona will play in the, the, the Super Cup, uh, the, the Spanish Super Cup in Saudi Arabia. Uh, and, uh, in, money. Uh, yeah, money, money, money. Uh, and in uh, Italy, it's going to be um, they're down to the final four in the Coppa Italia as well. Uh, but let's start uh, in England where we had the, the Carabao Cup semifinals. Middlesbrough with a 1-0 win over Chelsea in the first leg uh, of that semifinal. The second leg will be back at Stamford Bridge. And then in that other semifinal, Liverpool 2-1 over Fulham, a game that I thought was very on script for both teams. For, for Fulham to take the lead and then Liverpool to come storming back in the second half with a pair of goals. Um, but that said, both ties are, are nicely poised, aren't they, for the second leg where, where Middlesbrough goes to London in the bridge with something to hold on to. Uh, and Fulham, certainly, if the goal was to stay in the tie, knowing that you had the second leg at Craven Cottage, Fulham did accomplish that by only losing by a goal. Yeah, I thought so. I I didn't really like how Liverpool played as a Liverpool fan uh, that first half. Uh, there was a lot of a uh, lack of creativity. Fulham looked like the much better side, in my opinion, in, in that first half. And then, like like the what's really happened lately for Liverpool is they they have not started games well. Klopp makes a substitution or two or three, and then once they make those substitutions, they kind of go on and and score one, two, three goals and either draw, tie, or win, whatever the case is. And in that case, that's what they did uh, on Wednesday with bringing in Darwin Nunez and, and Cody Gakbo. Uh, Nunez still having a little trouble finding the net, but he, he did have a key assist. He kind of created some chaos out there, uh, two assists on, on the two goals. So the, the subs were key. And it was like the same thing against Arsenal in the FA Cup. It was the same thing against City a few weeks back. The substitutions that Klopp has been making this year really have been hitting. So that, that's been a really positive thing uh, as a Liverpool fan. And yeah, I, I mean, I think... I still think we will get a, a Chelsea-Liverpool final, I would guess, but you never know. I mean, Craven Cottage is tough. Like, Liverpool struggles. Like, I know beginning of last season, the first game of the season, they lost. They lost there. They lost there in 2020. Liverpool doesn't really blow out Fulham. Every, every time they've really played since they've since Fulham's come back up, it's either been a one-goal game or I know Fulham's won twice. So Fulham gives Liverpool trouble. So going to Craven Cottage is not going to be a guarantee by any means. Yeah, so it's going to be a big crowd too, and Fulham will will be a little more adventurous at home as well uh, than it was at Anfield. Obviously, the strategy was to sit back and try and play on the break, uh, which they successfully did in the first half by grabbing the goal through through William. But then you could kind of feel the the pressure building from Liverpool. Fulham missed an opportunity on the counter to take a take a two nil lead, and then Liverpool comes down and gets two in two minutes. Um, you know, that's kind of the way those games have, have gone, though, when Fulham and, and Liverpool have played. But uh, at the end of the day, you come back to the cottage, and if you can win the 90 minutes, and, and even if it's just, hey, 1-0, 2-1, whatever it is, you can get it into extra time, and then anything can happen. Uh, Mike, what were your thoughts on the on the two Carabao Cup games and, and where those two ties sit? Uh, I'm First one I want to start is with Fulham, just kind of overall as a project, because as long as we've been doing this podcast, Fulham's been a bit of a yo-yo team, but it seems like they finally kind of have some stability in the organization now. Marco Silva, good coach. They've built wisely. I mean, if you're a Fulham fan, even if you don't necessarily nick the 1-0 result that you're you're looking for to try and send it to extra time, I think there's a lot of reason for excitement. 
And it, it's funny. The other tie is just full of fear. Nobody's excited about that match if you're a Middlesbrough fan or if you're a Chelsea fan. It is 90 minutes of hold on to your butts, total fear. Because Middlesbrough is terrified that Chelsea's going to score and Chelsea's terrified that they're not. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, what is just like, and that's a, and that's a Chelsea team that probably like needs some like goodwill right now. Just needs to like get to a cup final, right? Cause it is this Pochettino thing. He's come in, but it, it hasn't been great this year for Chelsea. Uh, you know, every once in a while, they'll look like old Chelsea. And we have this running joke, is Chelsea back every week? <laughs> and some weeks, it, oh, they're, they're, and then it's like, nope, Chelsea is not back. They go and miss a bunch of chances at Middlesbrough. They end up paying the price and, and losing that that first leg. It's a Chelsea team that's been all over the place. Um, and it hasn't really got better. Like, I thought, okay, maybe it's a little bit of a slow start, new manager, a bunch of new players, but again, because it's Chelsea, so there's going to be like 11 new starters every year. Um, but it just, it really hasn't got better, has it? No, it hasn't. I, I will say the one player they've got right, like if you simply switch the transfer values, Cole Palmer has been spectacular for them. If they paid for Mudrick what they paid for Palmer and they paid for Mudrick what they paid for Palmer, nobody would be complaining. But Mudrick came with that big price tag. He's obviously been a catastrophe. Cole Palmer, he's really like maybe the only player you can really kind of feel good about if you're Chelsea, I think. Uh, there's not a whole lot of other things really going well for them. I guess Sanchez has been fine in goal, even though he's been hurt. And Petrovic is playing the semifinal. I mean... You're right. It's a team that is desperately in need of goodwill. And I, I guess if you win this, you're in the conference league. So, you know, cool. Well, I mean, for, for a club like Fulham, right? that's like, right. No, but for like for a Fulham or a Middlesbrough, that's a, that's a, that's a great reward. Yeah. That's a great reward for, for Absolutely. That. Yeah. Uh, Stu, I wanted to, to circle back to Liverpool because they, they come into this stretch here. Um, where Alexander Arnold, the news comes out that he's going to miss a few weeks with a knee injury. Um, they they don't have Salah; he's gone to the African Cup of Nations. They don't have Endo; he's gone to the Asian Cup of Nations. So they have guys guys missing there. Um, how do they how do they navigate this stretch? Well, I mean, fortunately for them, it, it, the schedule isn't that tough. At least until we get until the end of the month, they do have Bournemouth next weekend in the league. Again, if there's a team you want to play, Bournemouth is probably one of the four or five teams you'd want to play, even though they've been better. They've been better of late for sure, but it's still Bournemouth. Um, and then they got Fulham. And then they got in the FA Cup, they'll have Bristol or Norts. So those are all winnable games. And then you get to the end of the month where you have Chelsea, who even without those guys, Chelsea hasn't really been Chelsea. And then February 4th, you have Arsenal. So the stretch isn't the worst when it comes to uh, the schedule. I guess in terms of just like the guys they have available, like, yeah, it's tough. Like, you don't have Salah and Alexander-Arnold. Those guys are one and two in big chances created in the Premier League this year. Uh, Salah has 19, Alexander-Arnold has 12. Uh, so you lose pretty much all your creativity. Um, and then you kind of really relying on guys like Nunez, Gakbo, Jota, Diaz to score goals. Um, they, they And again, they're all very talented players, all high-priced players. But 
in the end, they haven't really shown that they can consistently do that. So that's a bit of a concern for me. And then like with the injuries they've had with Andy Robertson and Simi Kess on that, you know, left back. And now you take out Alexander Arnold. It, it, it just makes the defense really thin because you, you know, you, you're going to stick with Kanate and Van Dyke in the, in the, as the back two. You're going to have to play a lot of Connor Bradley, who looked really good against uh, Fulham on Wednesday. I was really impressed by him. You're going to have to really rely on him to play right back. Gomez is going to have to play left back. It's just really thin. Like, they have no margin fair for any other injuries because if you have more, then it's just going to be more of these, you know, 18, 19-year-olds coming in and you're trying to get results. And even if you're playing a Bournemouth or, or a Fulham or a Norwich even, it, it's you never know. So they, they got to kind of get out of that out of that rut of, you know, having all the injuries and then obviously not having Salah. And Endo, who's been pretty good, since he's been really good the last month. It really the only true number six on the team right now, a healthy true number six. So it's going to be tough, but I mean, I like where they're at. They're playing well. They're not overly convincing at times, but I guess these days, really, who is overly convincingly every single time? Well, well, it is interesting that you say that, Stu, because we have at times seen Klopp display an aggressive lack of interest in these cups. And so I'm curious in that Norwich or Bristol match that you mentioned, I think in a semifinal, he'll probably try at this point, but like, you're probably going to play all kids in that FA cup match. Yeah, I would think so. I, I mean, I do think there was something about you saw two years ago when this, when Liverpool had the chance to win all four and they were mm-hmm. two goals away from doing that. They were also two, two two goals away from finishing second in all four of those competitions. Let's let's be honest. So I think there is something to the fact that I think this team does kind of pride themselves on being, you know, going for the quad and Europa League. Obviously, it's different in Champions League. But going for the quad or, you know, maybe the treble, um, if you will, Euro, you know, Europa League style treble. But, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I mean, the, the games are spaced out enough, though, where – that might not be an issue. Um, but again, like if they have like one or two more injuries, like I said, it's just, it could really get ugly kind of fast. Uh, they got to get Alexander Arnold back. They got to get him back, hopefully for that Arsenal game. Cause if they don't have him for that, I'm, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Well, here's, here's the good news though, for Liverpool. It does have the week off the weekend off. Yeah. Um, there's only, only five um, games this weekend and then five next weekend in the schedule. So here's, here's the, the five game uh, plan for, for this week, you have Bur- Burnley and uh, Luton Town tomorrow, and then uh, Chelsea and Fulham will actually play on Saturday in a West London derby. Newcastle and Man City, Everton, Aston Villa, uh, and then Man United, Tottenham on Sunday. Um, let's let Mike I, I, on Man United, Mike. They're mm-hmm. all over the place. They're all over the place. Um, you know, one week they have a rousing comeback against Spurs, and then the next week they're, um, you know, they're losing to. Um, Nottingham Forest. It, Ten Hag in, it's Ten Hag out. We've heard from JJ. We've heard from Sean on this podcast. What do you, What is your read on the Man United situation? I mean, it seems clear that they hate Ten Hag. <laughs> and that really never works. Um, it, it's hard to play for a coach that you don't like. When you're winning, it's one thing. But when you're not winning, that's when it becomes really challenging. And those things where they say they're quote-unquote challenging you now all of a sudden start to feel like something different. Sancho has left the club. Um, It seems clear that not all of the players agree with the treatment of Sancho. 
and, and how that situation was handled. Um, it seems clear that like not everybody's on par with how the Ronaldo situation was handled last year. Even, I mean, a, a lot of people seem really unhappy about that too. Um, Anthony has been a catastrophe this year. Um, there's no, when, when you look at a club like Liverpool, right? When Liverpool is struggling, you know, Mo Salah's gonna do something. When Manchester City is struggling, you know, Holland is gonna score a goal. You know, they're gonna do something. What is Man United gonna do when they're struggling? Bruno Fernandes is gonna whinge at the referee. Andre Onana's gonna let in a bad goal, and they're gonna lose a match they shouldn't lose two or three nil. Because they can't get out of their own way. They need a locker room presence that's not Ten Hag. They need, I, I, I guess they thought it was supposed to be Casemiro. I don't know if he's not living up to that or what. But, I mean, they just need a captain. They need someone who is going to prevent the wheels from completely falling off. Because right now, it seems like they have a locker room full of athletes and frankly, a coach's room full of coaches going, not me. Here's the interesting thing about them. They're on 31 points. Uh, so they're, they're tied with uh, Brighton for seventh, eighth on goal differential. They actually have a negative goal differential of minus five this year, only one draw in the league for Manchester United. So 10 wins, nine losses, one draw. That's almost a definition of a bang average team. Isn't it? Well, Kyle, I, it's interesting. And, like, I, I look at this club, and, and maybe, Stu, you can help answer this for me. What does Man United do well? <sighs> I mean, it's not, it's not a lot. I mean, they don't concede a ton of goals. Like, they're not horrible. I mean, that's all I really got for you. Cause they, also, they certainly don't score goals. They certainly don't create goals. They certainly – like, the midfield stinks – the, the, the back four has been depleted. I mean, Onana, like you just said, like he lets in goals that probably shouldn't be goals. Like I, I can't really say there's one thing they do well. And you look at the team, like let's just use like a man city, for example, how many guys on United would start for city? Probably zero. M maybe Bruno, Bruno, maybe, maybe, maybe Bruno. Yeah. that's it. Even when they're healthy, like even yeah. when you have right. it, like, like even if you have like a healthy Casemiro and, Rashford's not starting. Hoyland's not starting. You're going to get one guy, probably Bruno, right? That's it. Like, they're just not good. They don't have enough players. Like, I think that's as simple as that. And it's not good enough players. And the manager's not good. The recruitment hasn't been good. Like, it's just all in all a total disaster. It's hard to believe that this team finished top four last year, honestly. Well, let's play this not necessarily glass half full, but not all hope is lost. Let's put it that way. You have Jim Ratcliffe coming in. This could be good or this could be bad. This could be good because he's going to have ambition. This could be bad because Todd Bowley also has ambition. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean you have results. Todd Bowley, or Todd, well, Todd Bowley needs to do this too, but Jim Ratcliffe needs to come in. I, I don't think they're going to make any changes. I think he's going to do kind of the typical corporate thing because he's a corporate guy. He's going to come in, watch how the company runs, see where the changes need to be made, 
see what needs to be done. And I think this offseason, this team's going to be blown to smithereens. And everyone from the top on down is going to be new. But like I said, just presence. Someone in that locker room, when Bruno is whinging to the referee and not paying attention to the game while there's a counterattack going on, someone who's going to tell him, dude, knock it off, pay attention. Like they just don't have that character in the locker room. I mean, Kyle, like one of the biggest bleep housers in the league is their captain. That's that's like, what I was Jack Grealish isn't Man gonna, City's captain. You know what uh, I mean? Like you just said somebody's got to tell him to knock it off. And I'm thinking, well, he's their captain. So yeah. <laughs> if that's what your captain is doing, like right that's a like, fatal flaw. That's a that's a flaw. That's a flaw, and and I think that's why this team and it's not all Bruno Fernandez's fault. There's a lot of issues going on no. there at, at Man United, and and by no means are we you know blaming it all on on him as the captain, um, because there's a lot of issues there, and and right now they're just I think they're just trying to get through the season at this point, and then um, I, I would then make the changes. Like I, I don't know for them if just sacking Ten Hog now like what would that do like if you came in and just sacked 10 obviously you would get a new voice in there but is that going to change the trajectory of where this team is this season? this team isn't a team that's going to finish into european places this year i mean did it do anything when they stacked ole for ralph rodnick no they tried that so you yeah. so you might as well just ride out ride out the year and then you can make the change in the summer if that's what the the the, the new ownership you know or decision makers want to do make the change in the summer, get a new coach in there, get a new squad in there. Um, and, and then let that coach work with that squad. Speaking of a squad that is, um, starting to, to sort of sort of fire on all cylinders. Again, Manchester city went through that wobble, um, went out to the club world cup, won that club world cup has come back three wins in the last four. There's a draw mixed in there as well, but five points behind Liverpool game in hand. They got to go to Newcastle this weekend. Newcastle has been um, struggling three losses in a row. I know Liverpool's in the lead here, Stu, but is City the, still the favorite for the title? Definitely. I, I think City's definitely the favorite. I, I, there, if there's a team that's going to go on a eight, nine game winning streak, and I don't even mean, you know, without a loss, I mean wins, no draws, no losses, it's Man City. It, it look, I mean, like they're at Newcastle, right? St. James's Park tough pace to play Newcastle still pretty banged up I mean you would think maybe they would like to get a boost off that victory against Sunderland from last weekend but I mean they're still kind of a shell of themselves in terms of having healthy guys having guys that are in form so I mean I, even though St. James's Park is a tough place to play I would still expect City to to come away with a win and then like looking ahead I, I know they got Tottenham they got a pretty rough draw in that FA Cup uh, fourth round with Tottenham but I mean, after that, I mean, they got they got Burnley at home at Brentford, you know, uh, Everton at home. Then they got Copenhagen in the Champions League, which of all the Champions League teams to draw, Copenhagen is probably the easiest one for them to draw. And they got Chelsea at home at Bournemouth, home against United, Copenhagen again. Like, it's an easy stretch. Like, they they could win all those games. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, that they're just that good. And I know Holland's still a little nicked up um the doku as well like he's he's on his way back i mean i think they're gonna win the league i mean i would love to be wrong i love to sit here and say i think liverpool's gonna win the league but 
And if I'm putting my money on a team to win the league, it's still Man City. They still have so much talent. They still have Pep. They still have so many players. They might even, you never know. Maybe at the end of the month, they buy someone as well. Uh, they're For me, they're still the team. De Bruyne back as well. Not yeah. Exactly. And that exactly was going to be my point, Kyle. There's one person that is in the engine room that I know he didn't have any part in the Club World Cup, but when you looked at when this team really started to get right, it's when Kevin De Bruyne got back in the lineup. And that's going to be the difference. Like, yes, if Kevin De Bruyne is healthy, they're going to win the league. If he's not, they're not because they have no one else creative enough. We, we've we've seen it. Like, we've watched this team all season without Kevin De Bruyne. Without Kevin De Bruyne, this team is not special. They are talented, but they are not special. Kevin De Bruyne is healthy. They win the league. If he's not, they don't. However, I want to talk about a different storyline in this matchup against Newcastle this week. Eddie Howe's coaching for his job. If they get beat up, if it's a 2-0 game where they have no shot whatsoever, if it's a competitive, feisty 2-1, things don't go their way, you know, maybe that's one thing. But if this team comes out, listlessly loses 2-0, 3-0, or it really starts to get away from them, this might be the end for Eddie Howe. And I know a lot of the players in that locker room love Eddie Howe. So a lot of the players in that locker room are probably aware of what's on the line this weekend as well. I do not expect things to be easy on Tyneside this weekend. I do think the fans will get behind the team this weekend. Like I, I agree. I know Newcastle hasn't been playing well, but the, you know, the fans – uh, they hear this. They know that, oh, is, is Eddie Howe coaching for – and they know what Eddie Howe has done for the club when he came in, got mm-hmm. them into the, the Champions League. Um, so I would expect the fans to really get behind them and give them a lift early in that game. We'll see if they can maybe then – maybe they can get off to a good start, get an early goal, and kind of use that momentum um, to, to really give City a game there. Because after this match, they don't play for another two weeks. So if you're going to make the change, this is the perfect time. Uh, one more match I do want to talk about this weekend. Aston Villa's got to go to Everton. Um, Villa's in second here. 42 points, so three points behind Liverpool. Had a, having a really great season here under Unai Emery. Um, a little bit of a wobble there. Remember, they, they kind of got up there. They were they were like a po- two points back, and, um, you know, they dropped points at home to, to Sheffield United, mm-hmm. and then they, they coughed up a two-goal lead uh, on the road at, at, at Manchester United. Uh, and it bounced back, got a win last week. So they're right there in the mix. Now they got to go to Everton. And Everton, after the 10-point deduction, seemed like that maybe was the catalyst there for for kind of a rallying together from the players there. And they played really well after the, the deduction. Um, but kind of came back down to earth during the Christmas period. Lost all three games, gave up a bunch of goals. I just wonder how much gas Everton's got left in the tank, right? Uh, just uh, emotionally uh, and physically, you know, when you go through what they went through with the point deduction uh, and, and then you're trying to fight back. And now it's like you go through that, that holiday period with just game after game after game um, and, and you're losing those games. And now you look up at the standings, right? And, and Luton Town is right down your, you know, your neck. They're only a point behind you. Um, there's a little bit of And they've got Burnley there, this but, weekend. 
Right. And there's a little bit of separation there. Burnley and Sheffield United getting a little bit of drift. You know, Brentford in front of you is struggling. Losers of, of five straight as well. But Ivan Tony is coming back soon uh, from from his ban. Uh, but that's an interesting game for me at Goodison Park because this is Aston Villa. Can you go in there against an Everton team that's that's desperate again for points? And can you get the job done? And can you keep pace uh, with the other title contenders? Yeah, it, it's really interesting on, on both ends of the table because we talked about the the uh, Luton and Burnley match. Like that result is going to be in hand by the time that game is played because that game is going to be played you know, this afternoon by the time you're listening to this. So you, you're going to have a circumstance where either Everton has two teams hot on their heels or they're in a relegation spot when they play this match. Um, Aston Villa, I love, but they just, they look like they're just not there yet in terms of title contenders. They're, they're, they're that dinner that just needs to go back in the oven for another five minutes. Mm -hmm. And when you're not quite there and you're facing a team that could be as rabid as Everton in a uh, atmosphere as rabid as Everton could be, this is the kind of match that you could lose. Uh, so this is, this is absolutely dangerous for Aston Villa. But on the other hand, you know, if, if you come out here and you beat up Everton and you put a good results on the board, uh, you are very much pronouncing yourself as contenders and uh, for Everton, it's not really good to be in this circumstance, but right now for Everton, what you're praying for is that the same thing happened to you happens to Wolves because there's some rumors floating around that this Sunday, um, so some penalties are going to be announced and Wolves may be part of that. Uh, they might not have gotten their finances entirely in order. Uh, so if you see Wolves end up on a 10-point deduction, uh, they would still be ahead of Everton, uh, but they would be right in that relegation mix at that point as well. Stu, last word on the uh, the games this weekend, and then we're going to just quickly jump into the uh, the transfer, the January transfer window. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Villa that concerns me, it, they just don't look – they're not the same team away from home. They're not the same team away from Villa Park. And yeah, that can be said about pretty much every soccer team in you know, Premier League, whatever league. Obviously, you, you're not as good away from home. But the drop-off they have when they go on the road just seems to be a little more. Like we saw that against United around Christmas time in the festive period. Had that 2-0 lead at halftime. Gave up three goals in the second half. Uh, mm -hmm. a, few, a week before that, they played Brentford. They were down 1-0. Ben Mee got the red card. They needed that red card. They wound up winning that game 2-1. But... Again, wasn't very convincing, especially the first 50, 60 minutes of that game. And there's been many other games they've had this year away from home where they haven't been as good. So that'd be my one concern for Villa. They're just, they're just not the same team away from home. And they, I know United Marie likes to play that high line. And when you, when you play that way at home, it's just totally different when you go to a team. Now, does Everton have the, the right guys to take advantage of that? I know they have some guys up front that are banged up. So maybe not. Maybe this is a Villa win. But if you tell me Everton takes points from Villa here, I, I definitely would not be shocked. Also worth noting, by the way, just as we put a bow on this, keep in mind Dominic Calvert-Lewin suspended as well from his actions in the FA Cup. Right, right. Uh, January transfer window, guys. It's been a little bit – not a little bit. It's been a slow burn. There has not been a lot of action uh, in the window. And and there are you know different reasons for that. Um, but 
Jaden Sancho is going back to, to Borussia Dortmund on loan for Manchester United. Um, Spurs completed the, the 25 million signing of uh, Radu Dragusin from Genoa. He's a 21 year old defender. They actually beat Bayern Munich um, for his for his signature. And uh, Eric Dyer is going on loan from Spurs uh, to Bayern. I think there's an option to to buy as well. So again, it, it hasn't been you know transfers flying off the the charts here. Uh, you know, and that might be that might get going in the next week week you know week and a half. Um, as teams, you know, get desperate and see where they're 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 standing at by the end of the month. Um, but is this kind of something that that we've become a, a little bit more accustomed to in January? Um, that it's going to be a, a slow burn. You're not going to get as many big names changing places during the January window. Yeah, it's definitely started to play itself out as a bit of a slow burn. But here's something that's going to surprise everyone, and I'll ask for forgiveness on the front end. I'm going to be the one that makes this about U.S. soccer. <laughs> Ooh, let's go. Let's do it. The let's biggest do it. thing that I have seen in this window is a startling lack of ambition from U.S. soccer players. Just let me let me get to it. It starts with Caden Clark. He leaves the Leipzig. Where does he go? Minnesota United, right? Then you hear the news. We kind of all knew this was coming anyway. Zach Steffen, does he stay in Europe? No. He makes a move to Colorado Rapids. Again, uninspired, doesn't really challenge himself. Georgi Mahalovic, leaves A's at Alzheimer. Yeah, that move didn't go well for him. Colorado Rapids, he's back to MLS. Brandon Vasquez, before this window started, we were talking about Brandon Vasquez, you know, being linked to like Brentford. Where does he go? Monterey. And then the other move that happened is Cade Cal. He went to Chivas, Kyle? Yeah, Chivas, Chivas Guadalajara. You could make a case that Liga Amakis is actually kind of behind MLS at this point. We could talk ourselves into a circle with that one. But nobody going to Europe, nobody staying in Europe, yeah, everybody and, coming back to MLS, Mi- everybody going Robinson, to Liga Amakis. And, and Miles Robinson went from Atlanta to Cincinnati as to Cincinnati, he was a free yeah. agent. He was a free agent. Now I, I think he had some interest from Europe and I think, it, and I think that's a short term deal in Cincinnati for him. Uh, I think it's like a one year deal. He's certainly a guy though, um, who was the guy I, I would have liked to have seen go to Europe out of, because he's in that mix as a starting center back for the national mm-hmm. team. Um, now he's going to get a big payday in Cincinnati. Uh, congratulations as a, as, a, as a free agent but that's that's part of it too he thought you know he was getting more money a bigger payday from cincinnati than he could signing for a mid-table team in the air division if that's what the and, options and, were on the table like cincinnati for him cincinnati may have been a better option for him than as it out uh, you're right and, and as a businessman that is okay what i'm worried about is a club that's hosting or as a nation that's hosting a world cup in two years and I'm seeing players that we were hopeful would be contributors to that World Cup team leaving Europe to come back to the United States or Mexico. Well, well, I will keep in mind, there is one guy who looks like he may be moving in January, and that's Gio Reyna. He's not getting any run at Borussia Dortmund. Uh, for he, he Colorado Rapids is throwing the, contracts out there. Maybe yeah, I don't, think that's, <laughs> I don't think that's I don't think that's where he's going to end up. He actually just joined Jorge Mendez's team. Uh, that's his new agency he left Wasserman uh he's he's signed up with Jorge Mendez who's always who's been Cristiano Ronaldo's rep for I was gonna say great so he's going to Saudi Arabia 
No, he's. I, I think. Well, you know, his father is meddling in this move. In, in this move. Um, yeah. But, but um, I, I, I seems like La Liga is his going to be his destination. That's where I prefer him. I think that's a league that fits his skill set best. Like, like I'd be worried if he went to the Premier League, given the physical mm-hmm. nature of it and his injury yeah. history. So I think for him, a, a La Liga. Look, it may not it may not be Barcelona or Real Madrid or Atletico Madrid. Although I think he's got the, the talent that he could play in those teams and and be in that those rotations. It may be a, a step below those clubs in La Liga, but I think that'd be a great fit for him, given his technical ability. If he can get on the field every day um, at at that at that level, he's got a Portuguese passport, um, so I don't think he counts against their non EU cap of of players um but it's clear that the Dortmund thing is not working right now um and he's got to get out of there probably sooner rather than later yeah and that's that's really been the number one takeaway for me is just been the the lack of ambition in the uh U.S. national team and the other thing where I would say I don't know if lack of ambition is fair as much as everyone's you know, the COVID year is now coming off the books for a lot of these Premier League teams, and they've got to really reconcile with that. Um, but you're not seeing the panic buys, if you will, that we've seen in years past from, from the bottom table. I mean, you know, Burnley doesn't have anyone coming in. Sheffield doesn't have anyone coming in. Lord knows Everton doesn't have anyone coming in. Um, you know, Brentford will see, but like the – it, 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 I don't even know if I would say it's been a, a slow burn because uh, I'm not sure anyone struck the match yet. Stu, we'll let you get a word here, but I do want to point out that the U.S.'s three best players have all been balling out in Syria this year. Like, and that's so fair. That's fair. That, that's fair. Like, Pulisic, very good year for Milan. Weston McKenney dropped two dimes today in the in the Italian Super Cup of semifinals. Right. Tim Tim Weah is a starter at Juve. Yunus Musa is playing a, a role there at that AC Milan. Um, so three so guys ain't really getting you people, to the final four. Of oh, World four, Cup, I, I understand that, but your your three, you know, four of your really really key guys are are playing very well for top four teams in in Italy. Yeah. So I think that it's fair that okay, we can look at maybe there's been a lack of ambition um, on the part of some guys, but then other guys have been playing really le- well at a really high level as well, which is all which it still makes me bullish on the team's future. Um, I don't want to turn this into like a U.S. national team thing because I know we could go on and on and on with the players and, and, and the coach. Um, but these are players that are entering their primes. Like yeah, I watched, I watched some of that, that the highlights today that Juve um, semifinal game in the Italian in the Italian Cup, and that Weston McKenney that's playing for Juve right now is like a totally different player than the one that showed up in January for Leeds. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just he looks like um, he looks fit. He's in shape. He necessarily wasn't in the best shape when he got to Leeds, um, as their fans have let everybody let everybody know. It didn't go well. He shows up. They fire Jesse Marsh after one game when he shows up. Um, it was just a disaster. Goes back to Juve. They're like, we're going to sell you. And then he he shows up in camp, ready to go. And they're like, oh, wait a minute, maybe maybe not. Now we're going to play you. Now he's now he's one of their most integral starters. It's funny how like you know things can happen like that. Um, so I, I just wanted to point that out as well. Stu, transfer window, your your thoughts, last word. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm intrigued by what Tottenham's done so far. I know you mentioned uh, the center back they bought, Radu, from uh, Genoa. 
obviously the center back was position they kind of needed to, to fortify. Uh, I mean, Romero, I feel like when he's available, he's fantastic, but he's kind of like a red card waiting to happen. And obviously they're waiting for Van de Ven to come back too, who's been great. So if you add him into the the mix, that'll help them. And, and Timo Werner, he he's back in the Premier Timo, League. That's, that's right. Back. Timo Werner is back. Timo's back. I mean, look, it's a loan deal. I mean, do I think it's going to be this amazing move that's going to work out? No, I'd be silly if I said that. But uh, of a low risk move to get a guy there to, to to you know get them some something up front, I don't hate it. I mean, they definitely needed to buy a couple guys uh, this this winter, and they've done it. We'll see if those are the two right guys. I'm guessing Timo isn't going to be that guy based off what we've seen from him at Chelsea, but at least they're showing a little ambition to try to get that uh, top four. So I, I've been kind of intrigued what they've uh, done. And Eric Dyer, I mean, they let him go to Bayern. I mean, he, I'm shocked Bayern wants him. I, I don't, I don't think he's that good. So the fact that Bayern wants him, it's a little strange. Maybe they, they know something that we don't know. Harry Kane needs a roommate. Yeah, I guess that, 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 that might that, be that, it. That might be that it. Might be like, it. Yeah. Because I mean I don't know what what and Byron has Harry, a lot. Of Harry needs a friend. Harry needs a friend. Yeah. I mean Byron definitely is not. Uh, you know they do have a lot of center backs and you know, but it's that that was a weird one to me. But yeah, I kind of like what Tottenham's done, uh, even though Timo isn't. You know. Uh, and uh, and before we go, Mike, let's give you a chance here. Leicester City ten points clear atop the championship. Uh, you, you know you feeling good about the the Foxes' return to the Premier League? Yeah, I mean. The league's over at this point. Um, and even if you look at some of the players that Leicester uh, are linked to at this point, they're Premier League players. Like, they're looking at bringing in a midfielder, Stefano Sensai from Inter Milan. Um, Fatuo, they're, they're, you know, that buy clause is going to be triggered. Um, you, you look at Southampton, who's probably the, the second best team in the championship, they haven't lost a match since the middle of September and Leicester's 13 points clear of them. And Leicester's just having a wobble and it's yeah. just having a wobble here. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's really the, the only thing, you know, Leicester in their last number of matches, the only wobble that they've had was the, the draw uh, against Ipswich. Ipswich looked really game for that match, but they just can't win a match right now. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's listen, nobody loves the late season claps quite like my foxes. Um, but you know, they, they may have a 15, 18 point lead by March and they can collapse anyway, and nobody will be able to catch them. Uh, they're, they're just getting out to, to such a huge lead and really Ipswich was with them right as we were headed into the festive period. Leicester did what they had to do during the festive period. They created that separation that I think is going to allow them to to run away from from everyone else. But boy, the 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 rest of the championship is really fascinating. Like just because there's not much of a contest at the top doesn't mean there's not much of a contest in the league. Uh, Ipswich have been the darlings of the league. Kieran McKenna's squad has still only lost three games this season. Uh, Southampton hasn't lost you know, since baseball was being played, uh, you know, Sunderland is really exciting with all the kids that they have with Joe Bellingham and Jack Clark and that whole squad. Um, hopefully they can overcome their coach, Michael Beal. That's still the most inexplicable managerial move I've seen in a long time. 
Uh, Hull City is competitive. If you remember them, Cardiff City is another team that's competitive. I mean, from sixth point, uh, sixth place, which is the last playoff spot, uh, to 14th place, Preston yep. New End, uh, Preston North End, separated by five points. That's the championship for you. Yeah. Man, you mentioned Hull. They 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 got Carvalho on loan from Liverpool. I know Kyle's former friend too. Uh, I mean, he's. I mean, he didn't look great in the Premier League for Liverpool when when they had him last year. But I mean, that's a guy in the Championship that could probably make some moves. I know Kyle knows about that. Yeah. So that that could help them. But yeah, and I'm intrigued because uh, Saturday we have the uh, the two games in the Premier League, seven thirty Eastern time here in the states and twelve thirty Eastern time here in the states, and then that t- ten o'clock window. Eastern time is wide open and it actually give me a nice little chance to watch some uh, championship, which usually isn't the case live. I'm usually watching Premier League, but it'll give me a nice little chance on Saturday to watch some, uh, some championship matches. So that would be fun. Well, guys, I think that's going to bring a wrap to our Thursday edition of box to box football. We thank everybody for joining us. Hit the bell, like subscribe, leave comments. You know, you guys know how this works now. Once again, um thanks for joining us we will we will uh get back at you next week and we'll we'll have another look at the the premier league table uh we got some fa cup replays next week and we'll see if the transfer window really gets going uh bye for now